Ralph was so... Shh, don't think about it. I just remember his face. I, I can still see his eyes. Just Shh, don't... think about something else. Pretend you're outside. In a field. Stretches as, as far as you can see. And Allison's there. And Chad. And everyone. Welcome to the Blind Rage Podcast. I'm Brandon Ford, and these are my gifts! <laughs> You're erasing it! Um, and this is Tony the Tiger. And I want to work with handicapped children. My parents are my best friends. Next semester I start at the convent school, and I fuck on the first date. Oh my god. <sighs> I'm going to forgive you for that. <laughs> the movie's terrible. Oh. It's, I hate I that like movie. And everybody in it is so obnoxious. Ugh. Okay. So, this is the Blind Rage Podcast, and this week, we are not doing April Fool's Day. <laughs> but we are doing... 1984's The Initiation, starring Daphne Zuniga, Vera Miles, Clue Gulliger, and Christopher Bradley. And Hunter Tylow. And Hunter Tylo. And a lot of bush. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Glycerine. But before we get in, Yeah. Before we get into that, um, before we start weeding our way through... Or weed whacking our way through um, the the brush. <laughs> I'm gonna get the plugs out of the way. Um, so, Tony, did you know that I write books? I had heard it on the grapevine. Yes, it's a true story, mm. and you can get them on Amazon.com and hardcover, Kindle, and paperback editions by just typing in Brandon Ford into the search box. There you can also follow me to receive email notifications whenever I have a new release. If you prefer audiobooks, I have several titles available on Audible. If you don't already, please follow me on Instagram at writer Brandon Ford. You can also find me on two other social networking sites with which I am not active on very much, but I'm also on Twitter and fucking, what's it called, Letterboxed mm-hmm. at Brandon Ford, and your handles are? So for Letterboxd, it's Tony underscore the underscore bear, and for Twitter, it's Madonna Horror. 
Um, if you haven't already, please check out the official Blind Rage podcast. And while you're there, there, like and subscribe. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, critiques, suggestions, recommendations, feel free to email me directly at blindragepod81 at gmail.com. I don't even know if I'm going to fucking mention the YouTube channel because... <laughs> there is one if you want to check it out. <laughs> it's there, but it's, it's you know, slogging along. Um, but what is most important is that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Blind Rage podcast on your preferred podcasting platforms. You know, I have a co-worker who still uses Hotmail. I have a Hotmail account. <laughs> but do you still use it? Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, my God. <laughs> Feels like early 2000s. Well, it's my um, my writing email. Oh, okay. So that's what I I put on, um, like, um, my the covers of my um, oh, okay. uh, manuscripts for... No. That's what I put on the covers of my manuscripts for... For um, contact information yeah, yeah, yeah. for when I submit them, um, and that's how I correspond with certain publishers. So, um, and I'm in the one that spelled M A I L. Mhm. 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 So before we get into the initiation, what has Tony been watching as of late? Um, I've been watching a few things actually, and and I've gotten back into writing my letterbox stuff because I was letting that slip. Um, I watched a uh, a British mini series called Inside Man, which I do not recommend. It, I I didn't really like it very much. Um, I just found the characters did very stupid things that were avoidable. Let themselves get caught up into problems that could have been nipped in the bud <laughs> and then just it was just a frustrating watch. It had Stanley Tucci in it and he was probably the best part about it he plays like a uh, I call him a Hannibal Lecter knockoff but mm. he's a uh, a prisoner helping a reporter solve a crime and the other element of the story is the crime that's going on um I did watch the movie, the Oscar-nominated, or Oscar-winning, <laughs> everything, everywhere, all at once. And mm. I found that I enjoyed it quite muchly. I will say that I will understand that there are many people who don't like it. Um, uh, it is one of those type of movies that uh, would have a specific fan as opposed to... It's not very accessible. But... If you enjoy stuff like Inception, in my case, uh, you might enjoy that movie. And the other, the the last thing I watched was the documentary about Woodstock '99, which I found a bit. Um, I enjoyed it, but I found the whole thing a bit pathetic, <laughs> like everything that went on. So, <laughs> aside from the rapes, which were the, traumatic, the Netflix one. Yes, mm. I didn't watch that. I watched the HBO one. From a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. And I'm sure it has all the same information, so I didn't bother with the Netflix one. Yeah. Yeah, that was bad. 
That was really bad. That was when I, um, that was the summer I graduated high school. Okay. I, uh, as, as it got to the end, I did remember because, uh, it sparked a memory of how a lot of people got really angry when they were expecting some big act at the end and it was just a footage of Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix, yeah. <laughs> and they just trashed the whole place because of that. Mm. And how about yourself? What yeah. have you been watching? Aside from your neighbours. Well, I actually have some things that I did enjoy for once. Uh, a couple of documentaries that I saw on Tubi. First one is an older one. It's from 2013. And it's called Unhung Hero. And is it about me? <laughs> it, it's about Mitchell. No, it's about um, a guy who proposes to his girlfriend at a UCLA basketball game on the Jumbotron, and she says no. And when they talk later, she tells him that she can't marry him because he has a small penis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he goes on this quest. Um, he First, he sees a urologist to see... Um, if he really does have a small penis and what the averages are. And she said, yeah, you're on the low side of average. Um, and then he went into, he went, he flew abroad and went to a lot of Asian countries um, because they have a lot of different methods Treatment. with, yeah. Yeah, but methods and treatments when it comes to enlarging the penis with, you know, stretching it with um, weights and injections um, and all kinds of things that I don't want to do. And, yeah, so so that was good. What was I the liked it. moral of the story? Well, um, basically to... You have to find somebody who's willing to accept you for you. Yep, yep. Because he didn't, he didn't do any, do anything. Yep. Um, and at the end of the documentary, he started putting himself out there. Yeah. Uh, but he was still very insecure about it, and he kept talking about it. And the girl he was on a date with was like, you know, Can we you got to <laughs> give it a rest. I watched a documentary um, about penis extensions, like a. Maybe it would have been maybe two decades ago now. Um, and I did like the line, someone said, oh, uh, really, you know, one of the best ways to enlarge your penis is to um, find that one person you're really attracted to. <laughs> like, so it was suggesting an, an erection is an enlargement. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do, but some of it can be really damaging and mm. it can be irreversible and... It can all it, it, it. Some of it works, but you can also lose sensation. I mean, yeah. So I mean, you're you're getting something, but you're also giving up something significant. So it's very very dicey. Yeah, like I think if you're, gonna... if you're really, uh, it would probably be best to just buy that sleeve that you can put on top of it if you're <laughs> if it's a guy. So... Even a, even if you buy the even if you buy a pump that that can do damage. Yes, yeah, I know. And a lot of doctors say that's safe. Um, 
Um, so yeah, that was that was good. That was cute. Um, and I watched another another one that I can't really say too much about because so much happens in it. But there's another one that I found on Tubi, and it was called Dear Zachary. It was really really good, and it was about this guy who uh, he uh, this guy was making a documentary about a friend he grew up with uh, his his best friend and um, I forget his name of course but he was like beloved he had family who he was very close to who he had friends all over the country he had cousins and his parents were originally from England so he had cousins over there who really you know loved and cared about him and had all these things to say um stories to say about him and the reason that the documentary was made was because he was in a very in a relationship with a very unstable woman and when he tried to break it off with her she killed him oh um and it was really bad yeah and then she discovered that she was pregnant with his with his um Child. son yeah so the and then a lot of stuff happens after that but the documentary and the son is named zachary so the documentary is supposed to be for him so that um, he could know who his father was. Um, so that's why there's interviews with all of the, all of these people who yeah. speak very fondly of him and have, tell all these really sweet stories. Um, it was really good, but it was a bit of a downer. Yeah. Well, it sounds like an obituary. Um, no, no. Um, and he. They had kind of a uh, the same like friendship that Jason and I did when we were kids with the home videos and stuff. Yeah, and they had they um, they included um, clips from movies they'd made together. Yeah, but your videos were confiscated by the FBI, weren't they? They were. I don't know where any of them are. I I'm willing to bet he has some. <laughs> Thankfully, I don't have any. That wrestling one that you did. <laughs> mm. um, and the last one that I watched um, was Megan. Oh, okay. And I was really expecting not to like it at yeah. all. Uh, but I, I thought it was good. It, it didn't disappoint me because... In essence, it was what I thought it was, which yeah. was a remake, a ripoff of the remake of Child's Play. Yeah, yeah. Only the doll was a lot more sophisticated than Chucky was. Um, it was an artificial intelligence um, who was very, very close to another person. Yeah. Um, and as these as is um often the case or always the case with these kinds of movies megan turns evil and i mean it really wasn't any gro- anything groundbreaking 
um, especially not in the uh, killer doll subgenre. But um, I liked it. Um, I thought it was better than the remake of Child's Play. Yes, yeah. Um, well, I think they fucked up by going from a haunted doll to a to an AI doll with Child's Play. Wasn't that the case? Yeah. Yeah. They they basically made Chucky like an iPhone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was um, like the big, you know, it was it was like the big new electronic that people were waiting in line for. And yeah. Then there was the Chucky 2.0 or whatever. Uh, or the good guy. They must have been too good. I thought that was so stupid when... The first thing that they did for Chucky was you had to give him a name. And the kid said Han Solo. <laughs> and he goes, oh, Chucky. Okay. And I was like, how the fuck do you get Chucky from Han Solo? I so thought the joke Chucky was, was isn't it voiced by... It was voiced by... Um, wasn't it Harry Hamlin? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, and I hated that voice. But is he not... I don't know. I didn't really know Star Wars that well. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know those movies. Wasn't that um, Harrison Ford? Oh, it could have been. <laughs> yes. Oh, he was Luke Skywalker. Um, the <laughs> yeah, that's no, amazing. but and 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 one of the main many things that I hated about the Child's Play remake was I the Chucky voice I didn't like, and what they didn't do was give him a normal like childlike voice and then the Brad Dorf voice when he was in oh, bad yeah, yeah. Chucky mode. Uh, but he, yeah. he had the same voice all the time and I did not yeah. like, I did not like it. Mm-hmm. I did was not. it more leaning towards little Tina, whatever the doll was? Talky Tina. Talky Tina, yeah. Um, well, it was basically, you know, watch it not even be Harry Hamlin. I think um, it was him. No, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill, that's right. <laughs> Harry Hamill was is close. Lisa Winner's husband. <laughs> yeah. Um, he married her and her lips. Yeah. Um, lips, though. But, um, yeah, no. Uh, he was, he was, it was basically him doing or attempting to do a little boy voice throughout the whole yeah, movie. Yeah. And I didn't care for that. So. Well. But Megan. I, I, I worked better. Yeah. Yes. I thought it was, it was better. It was better crafted. And, um, I'm, um, you know, critical with child actors, but I thought everybody did a good job. Yeah. Um, and it was another movie. I did not know one fucking person. I don't know anybody. I don't know any actors anymore. No, um, I will say in your criticism of child actors, I, I kind of felt a, a bit annoyed that um, there was a bit of an uproar about the Razzies nominating the Firestarter girl. Oh, I didn't know they nominated her. Yeah. I know they nominated Zac Efron. Um, and then, like, you know, they took a name off it because they got such backlash for it. But it's like, um... Well, that is mean. <laughs> but yeah, the goal, but... I always thought, I always thought the Razzies were mean. Yeah, but <clears throat> I don't think you're supposed to take it that, that seriously. 
No. Um, if you were Adam Sandler, you and you took it seriously, you'd probably kill yourself. Because, um, no, like, well, literally everything he does, literally everything he does is nominated for a Razzie, yeah. and that's basically the only time they, Awards they get, get it right. Because um, didn't Christina Crawford get one? Like, as in the actress <laughs> from Mummy Dearest. Um, I don't, I don't remember her name, but I don't know if she did, but Faye Dunaway. Yeah, because I uh, think that, oh. And that got, like, worst picture. I'm not sure if that movie or that Village People movie actually, like, sort of initiated the proceedings. And then, of course, Madonna got nominated for every fucking thing. I remember being so pissed when she got nominated for Worst Supporting Actress for Die Another Day. Yeah, that was, literally that was just, for, uh, like, that was mean. I thought, like, she's literally in it for like two and a half minutes. Yeah. But then I went back and I revisited the scene on YouTube and I was like, oh, um, that's not a good performance. <laughs> but it's still, I mean, it wasn't even a, yeah. It wasn't even a performance. It was like a cameo. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, I preferred a okay. performance in the film clip than in the movie. Just I'll, I'll say that. Mm. When she was um, having a sword fight with herself. <laughs> that was like my last night. Oh my god! It's like um, oh, you filthy pig! It's like um, the initiation. Because she, she had a, there was a good yeah. Madonna and a bad Madonna. Yeah, what a good everything segue. comes full circle. Yes. All right. Speaking of the initiation, we're going to begin. This is on Tubi with ads, um, so that's probably not a good idea. You know, people have watch-alongs on YouTube um, with Tubi movies. Oh, okay. But I don't know how they do that because they don't always have the same ads. Yeah, but maybe they have a watch party option on their like device. I don't. I don't know. I know that on one of our streamings, you can do a watch party, which is oh God. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, we're not going to do that. Okay, so we are going to begin the initiation. And it's very, very long opening title sequence. And silent, just so you know. Uh-huh, yeah, opening, opening uh, silent. That's going to make me nervous. In three, two, one, play. Okay, so... As I was saying when we were talking off mic, this was, I consider to be one of the slasher movies that really um, buoyed my interest in the genre because it was in the very, very large group of movies that I rented um, when I was first embracing the genre and realizing my fondness for it. for crap cinema. <laughs> yeah, I. Um, it wasn't that bad. I will say it wasn't. Um, it wasn't um, 
Okay. <laughs> there, I mean, it's not a perfect movie, but it's good. Uh, for the most part, there, there are other slashers of the era that I prefer. Um, this isn't one that I watch all the time anymore. Not like I used to. Um, but I do think there were some interesting little uh, nuggets on the Blu-ray okay. that I will get to. Um, is the mall that they filmed in, is that a typical style shopping center in America? No. That was a, a wholesaler. Okay. Uh, that wasn't even a mall. The original script was meant to be in a department store. Yeah, sorry, that's what um, I Yeah, yeah. So... They were like, we can't do that because nobody's going to let us film in a department store overnight. Um, so they got the idea to, I forget the name of the building. It's like a fruit something. It's in Texas. It's this was shot in Texas. Building. No, that, that's the real, that's <laughs> the name of the movie. The, the, the building of the movie. Um, but yeah, it's a wholesaler where people who own businesses would go and place orders for things in bulk um and i mean you could kind of see it because in certain it really doesn't look like a mall except for like scenes like at the dirt on the escalators yeah. or like at the security desk but like when they're going past the stores and shit it does not look like a mall well it looks to me it looks more like a mall than what you're saying because uh just because I feel that with like wholesalers, they should all be on one level so that they can get a truck in. <laughs> but that's just that's how things are done here. That's all. Um, I think the building is. I think it's still there. I think. Do you know? Do you reckon that her last name is a reference to the twist? What's her last? Uh, that's just Randall. the Fairchild. Oh, Fairchild. Um, I don't know. Not, not that you can <laughs> deduce the twist because of the last name, but that that sort of like the writers went that way because they. Well, I think um, that the the the. Well, there are definitely some clues. I don't think that was an intentional one. But this is one, this whole opening sequence. Um, and then you have her obsession with the mirrors. Because um, she's constantly looking at herself oddly in the mirror. Um, and um, there is the... Um, fucking... Oh, the... Uh, the story that her parents tell her about how she got amnesia when she fell out of the treehouse, which is, you know, a cliche that parents tell their kids to cover up things. And that's why the professor says, you actually fell out of a treehouse. Because um, it's such a cliche. Yes. And they couldn't think of anything. But, um, yeah. Speaking of the parents, we have Vera Miles, an alum 
of Psycho. Leela Crone. Lila. Lila. <laughs> and, um, yet she only worked on this for two days. Okay. And the only reason she worked on it was because she thought the original director was going places. Okay. It was funny because, um, I think the producer picked her up at the airport and the director told the story on the, on the disc, um, because they were friends. Which director? The, uh, the second one, yeah, the yeah. one who finished the movie. Um, you don't know. I don't know whatever happened to Charles Charles Pratt. No, yeah, Charles Pratt Jr. was the original, and Larry. No, Charles was the writer. Oh yeah, that's right. Peter Crane was the original director. Peter Crane. That is yes. I'm all over the place. So yeah, Peter Crane. So. She, Vera Miles met Peter Crane and I think she had seen a short film of his or something and she was like he has an eye he has a style he is definitely going places and she said to the producer while he was in the car driving her to the set she's like honestly I think this movie's a piece of shit <laughs> and that the only reason why I'm doing it is so that I could work with him. And by that point, he had already been fired. <laughs> so she got no, none of the shots you were by him. Yeah. Nope. You could kind of tell, though, that um, it, it was primarily directed and shot by somebody who worked mostly in TV because it does have a very made-for-TV feel to it. Yeah, although I think Peter... Well, I don't know whether it's the case, but I think since this movie, he's done a lot of a fair bit of TV himself. Yeah. He did do, the, he did do a movie that looks interesting, BJ and the Bear. Is that what I think it's about? I don't know. I don't remember what it's about. I don't think it's what you think it's about. I'm afraid to ask, but yeah, um, the thing with with um, with Peter Crane was he he wanted very much to make it an atmospheric movie. Yeah. Um, so you know the shots that he did were a lot of point of view shots and um, night shots with like mist. And they were handheld, and they all looked really, really good. And um, so he showed them to the producers, and they were like, this was after three days. And they were like, okay, um, so this is what you did in three days? Well, you're already two days behind. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they didn't... They didn't want it made good. They wanted it made fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, And they did not have the luxury of a 28-day shoot, which is what I think it says on Wikipedia. I'm pretty sure this was only 14. Um, But... um, I think Daphne and Hunter Tylow... And Heidi and one of the other girls. 
I heard think. The night watchman guys were all in uh, an acting class together, so they all knew each other. Yeah. And that was how they got the direction. Um, the fucking audition. Yep, yeah. Um, because the teacher recommended them. Yeah. Was that Marilyn Kagan? I think it might have been. Because um, this is an interview with the actress who played Heidi Joy um, Jones on the disc, yeah. last semester. and they didn't even—they didn't even tell her that she got the job. She just came home one day, and her father was like, uh, "You got a phone call from somebody who says you're due to come in for a fitting on Saturday." And she was like, what? And she called the number back, and it was the costume designer, and they were like, yeah, you got to come in on Saturday and on such and such. Yeah. And she was like, oh, so does this mean I definitely have the part? And she was like, yeah, nobody called you? And she was like, no. And the costume designer was like, oh, well, congratulations, you got the role. Um, I feel like for sort of a low budget, this has got quite a large cast. It does. I'm gonna take care of it. it does. And like not a not a high body count for how many characters no, are actually in it. No, it doesn't. That's true. Um. Now, Joy had. Oh, I thought this was really clever. She told this story because um, she worked a lot with James Reed, you know, because she was his assistant. Yeah. The character. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so she had to work with him a lot, and this was her first movie, and she had done a lot of theater, um, and she was really, really nervous. And she said that... Um, the first day that they were shooting, she was like well, shaky and jittery, and he was standing next to her, and he leaned over and he whispered in her ear, just remember, your character is smarter than everybody else. And that, because she pieces everything together, while they're off, you know, fucking around, she's doing research, and she figures everything out. Yeah, yeah. Um... So that gave her a, bo- a boost of confidence. Now, I have heard conflicting things. She had a lot of very nice things to say about Daphne. She said that Daphne was very sweet and she really liked working with her. Um, Christopher Bradley, you could tell he was holding back. Yeah, yeah. In his interview. But um, there was another interview he did years ago, I remember, where he said he really didn't like working with her. He said she did bitch. With Daphne? Yeah. Oh. Sure thing nice. <laughs> but then in saying that, you know, I never really knew her personally. Yeah, he said, he, well, it could have just been his experience with her. I yeah. don't know. Because, like I said, Joy said she was nice. Um, 
I don't remember if Charles Pratt had anything to say about her. Oh, um, um, he went on to direct, and he directed her in some episode, a bunch of episodes of uh, Melrose Place. Okay. So he must have liked her if he, you know, went on to work with her again. Yeah. Or wanted to. Or he wanted to yell at her <laughs> on a professional basis. <laughs> no, Daphne. Mm-mm. Oh, the director did not. The director did not. The director did not like Christopher Bradley. So no. was this the Peter Crane's direction here? I think. Um, although you were because I, I was reading up about the background and they were saying how Peter wanted to sort of do it more in a like European style, which I don't know. If yeah, like a giallo. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to do like a argent, like an argento type. But in saying that, and like, but what you were saying with the missionary, it sort of also reminded me of a documentary I saw about the Nightmare on Elm Streets and how I think uh, number four was directed by a European director. So they were saying, oh, so they were doing... Yeah, it was Rennie Harlan. He was these, um, um, uh, Finnish. These fancy shots and, like, um, uh, making sure that the... Uh, God, what's the bloody word? The set decoration was good, you know, stuff like that. That was his first movie, too. Oh, okay. And then he went on to do Die Hard 2. Yeah. And a lot of other really big movies. Yes. Um, but yeah, um, Christopher Bradley said that he got the impression that the director didn't like him. Was that? Um, well, I don't think that the, the director wanted him. Yeah. Uh, and I could kind of see why, because the three male characters are kind of interchangeable. Yeah. They all kind of look alike, um, and they're all very like tall, skinny. Um, but when it was it was uh, coming under the wire with the auditions, it was down to Christopher Bradley. And another guy, according to Christopher, was blonde, surfer, very well-built, very, very attractive and handsome. Mm -hmm. And they were both supposed to show up for the final audition at a hotel. And the other guy decided to go to a Rolling Stones concert in Hawaii. So he didn't show up. And so Christopher got the role by default. Yeah, yeah. Um, the two greatest words so in the English language. Yeah. So there was that. And um, every, you know, it, it was crunch time when they were filming in the mall, quote-unquote. So they had to have everything packed and out by 8. So they had to start getting ready to leave by 7. Yeah. Um, so... In the morning or in the... In the morning. Yeah. Yeah, they were doing... They were working overnight. Yeah. So... Um, so for Christopher's throat slitting scene, the makeup artist... They, they, they were doing this at like 6 in the morning. Yeah, and the makeup artist was trying to put the um, 
the uh, what do you call it? A, um, it was like light. It was latex that um, he right. put the blood inside yeah. so that he oh, could rip it off. Yeah, yeah. But the late the latex part that was supposed Seven, to be the flesh escape, wasn't sticking. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. And so Christopher was freaking out. The makeup artist was freaking out because he didn't know what to do. And I think he was working by himself. And the director um, stormed up to them and screamed right in Christopher's face, What the hell is taking so long? Um, and Christopher was just like, um, I'm sorry. Um, he didn't know what to say. Um, but he overheard the first assistant director say to say to the director, "If you don't go over and apologize to him right now, I'm walking off this set." Yeah. So begrudgingly, he apologized. But the final thing I that I think was what gave Christopher these feelings that he was unliked by the director was uh, it was his last day and the guy who played Ralph they, they both rap their scenes together on the same day yeah, yeah. and so they were and they had become friends too. Yeah. so they, they were going to leave at the same time um so, um, the director saw that they were leaving, and he went up and he like kind of, you know, frenetically shook Ralph's hand, and he was like, "Oh, you did such a good job in this movie. You're going places, kid. You're amazing." And then he just kind of looked at Christopher and said, "Yeah, you look good too," and walked away. Bye. Hey, listen, I heard you still didn't have a date for our coming. Um, yeah. Was he? A real housewife? Well, look at that. Might have been. Why did you ask Megan? The wicked witch? No way, Jose. I'm through with her. And I'm late for me. Yeah, it's you need to be able to trust a director to get a good performance from yourself. And well, she. Uh, what would Daphne? According to Christopher, she really didn't. Take any direction from him. Did he give it though? She, I don't think so. I don't think it. I think she didn't really ask for it. Yeah. Because, and this also could have been why um, he thought that she was a bitch. She was always off by herself studying her script and trying to flesh out her character because it was challenging for her because she had to play the twin as well. So she she really wanted to work it out in her mind, um, especially since that there was so much that her character didn't know. Um, so depending on what scene they were shooting... No, you know, not at all. She was at. It's fairly common for the subconscious mind. Part one of the puzzle here, and then another yes. day she was at yeah. part four of the puzzle, yeah. and then another day she was at part two. So, um, it was kind of challenging yeah. for her. So, she she was off by herself a lot. 
more was demanded of her as an actress than of the victims, really. Well, she was, yeah, she's in almost every scene. Yeah. Now, this is James Reed, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. He, he was... Who's like, in our favourite movie, Not Another Teen Movie? <laughs> yes, he was uh, one of the dads. Yes, of the risky business character. Sorry, nothing. And he's also in some soap operas. Yeah. Sure. This is it. Wow. My little hideaway. I remember. Uh, better homes and gardens, don't you think? When I was younger, watching this, thinking that he was so old. <laughs> he's like barely thirty. Well, yeah, he does seem. No, I, I don't think he looked old. I thought he looked young to be a professor, yeah. but it sort of suggests that it's sort of like. I I I just thought he looked old. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think he had just turned 30 when they started shooting. Because they, yeah. they started shooting in July of 83, and I think his birthday's in June. I hate, I hate this fucking introduction of Heidi. The way she pops out of the desk, yeah. from under the desk, it's so cheesy and corny. And if Larry Stewart gave her that direction, he should have been fired on the spot. <laughs> And why the hell was she hiding under the desk? She was doing something with pliers. Oh, and a wire. You monitor dream patterns. Yeah, it's all a bit lame. It's a bit... He did like uh, the Hulk and Charlie's Angels and Bionic Woman. It's very... <laughs> that type of introduction. Um, she never made another movie again. Oh, Okay. Um, she didn't like it. Yeah, uh, doing film. She, which is good that you know, did, you if you recognize that early and you don't feel like doing it, then good. Well, she she liked acting, but she really liked doing comedy. Yeah, she had done a lot of. She studied drama and she had done a lot of community theater, and she and she you know took acting classes and she, but when she got this. She saw that how competitive what film acting was yeah, and how yeah. different it was from stage acting. Yeah. And she's, this is not for me. So she became a journalist. Okay. I'll have to think about it. Got yourself a live one, Professor. Bit caught during reflection. <laughs> uh-huh. Do you reckon that Daphne would have gone further in her career if she changed her last name? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I, I just feel like it's not a it's not a starlet name. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> oh, that's what I was going to ask. And like, it's a dumb question, but um, you know, in movies when they have introducing an actor, why did they do that? <laughs> <laughs> because it's the first movie. Yeah, no. Well, I, yeah, but I feel like couldn't that just be? Couldn't that have just put up a name regardless? Well, they did that with Alicia Silverstone in The Crush. Yeah. Um, but, but is that sort yeah. of like the the like filmmakers like suggesting it's like their debutante? Yes, role? yes, okay. that's exactly the analogy that I was going to do. See, yeah. we are always on the same page. <laughs> 
Yes, it's like she's being introduced into the cinema society. Yeah, welcome to the stage. <laughs> Daphne is an ego. Um, but this wasn't her first movie. Yeah. She was in the dorm that dripped blood. Yes, that's right. About to, yes, I remember that. a very, very, very minor role in which she died, and she did not like the movie. Actually, she hated it so much that she didn't even put it on her resume. <laughs> what are you doing? Is the mother's obsession with mirrors as well? <laughs> Looking at a ghost? What you see when you look in the mirror? See a reflection? They say, in one of the reviews I was reading um, on Wikipedia for this, they said that uh, Gulliver and Vera Miles slapwalked through the movie. I, I don't necessarily agree. I think Vera does well. Yeah. Um, Clue, uh, maybe. Clue kind of reminds me a little bit of Joe Biden. Just by the way. What, um, what movie is he famous for who's your president clue what movie is oh. clue <laughs> i don't know for? which one <laughs> he was jesse's father in nightmare on the street too. oh really oh okay get a he clue to in um return of the living dead yeah he's in a lot of movies i feel like with these two actors because they're professional because they've been acting they don't need yeah, to try veterans. as hard. So that's... I feel like their acting looks effortless as opposed to sleepwalking. Well, with her, yeah. Him, I mean... Daddy! Uh-huh. Jesus, look at this! This... This uh, scene in the dream clinic... It does seem a bit... Was shot right in a fucking... <laughs> in a linen closet in a Holiday Inn. Oh, really? <laughs> Heidi said, or Joy, she said she either they were about to tear it down or they were in the process of getting it ready to be torn down. This is not there anymore. But um, she said, or it was either about to be closed to be torn down or it was closed. Yeah. But she says she thinks it might have been closed because she doesn't remember seeing any guests. Yeah. And she said they took all of the shelving and out of there and put like the fake, you know, dream stuff to, to check her stats. Yeah, yeah. All the computer equipment. Um, because there's always got to be flashing lights. Um... Yeah, they squeezed all that in there, and they filmed it in one night, and they were all there for about like fourteen hours. Science fiction, in other words. That reminded me of um, my ex stayed at a hotel and, um, in Sydney, and um, the next day as he was leaving, he noticed like that <laughs> every other room was sort of like um, um. Like he noticed like construction type of stuff around him, and he real like he found out that he was their very last guest before they were going to demolish it. Tony, my dear, hmm, you told that story already. Oh, really? Um, yes. Oh, I apologize. 
And I think it was pretty recently, too. Um... Oh no, yeah, uh, what you were saying about how they use a linen closet. Uh, so I tell a story about New Zealand. <laughs> Before I get scolded for repeating myself. Um, I went to New Zealand with the same ex actually, and, uh, we went and did the Lord of the Rings tour because he was a fan. And they took us to a few of the shooting locations. And for one of the rivers, that was actually, it, was, it wasn't even in the movie, but it was in, it was shot in, in the special edition. Um, just on the side of a highway and like <laughs> so all you all you need is like the space of a camera and everything around it it doesn't really matter did you find the precious oh my god no I don't, I don't. well that was the same thing that was like um in night of the demons um which you haven't seen and i'll forgive you for that um but the house which was the mortuary where um party takes place was in the middle of like gangland ghetto LA and it was across the street from like a fucking like a Taco Bell or something and there was all there was constant activity on the street but when you look at the movie it looks like it's in the middle of nowhere because they shoot they shot the house and then they shot the there's a brick wall that's supposed to be in front of it, which was on a different location. And all of the dialogue was 80 yard. Yeah. So you, you don't hear any of that background yeah. noise. When I found that out, I was like, what? Because that really, like... What is real anymore? I know. I will see who I want. Now you listen to me. This is bad, this scene. You listen to me. She doesn't have much... I'm going to see who I want... Uh, when I want pitch <laughs> like delivery I'm going to let him I'm going to let him she sounded more like a petulant child than like somebody with a serious problem mm. now um I don't mind so much when movies or whatever are done and they involve twins um, and the tw- and they're both played by the same actor. What I don't like is when they have the same voice. Okay. That drives me fucking crazy. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't ADR Evil Kelly or Evil Daphne's voice. Because plus yeah, she yeah. sounded ridiculous with that little rasp thing yeah, she yeah. had going on. Um... And it was like the same. It was the same thing too. It drove me crazy on um, Dead to Me when James Marsden's character had a twin, and okay. it was his still his voice. So yeah, yeah. it was just James Marsden again. Well, with this one, like the the one from the psych ward could have had like a like a baby Jane voice, you know, because she's insane. She could have had any other voice than a natural one. Yeah, well, I but I think Daphne was tr- was trying to create a voice. It just didn't work. <laughs> Why she's drinking? That's so me. <laughs> and we're about to come up on one of the corniest jokes. Oh the yeah. Movie. <laughs> I don't mind corny jokes.
fucking lush and a half. Yes. Got the special brandy bottle. Mm. Oh, what's this? Is his name Terry? I think. Kelly and Terry. Maybe. This is a movie, uh, another movie about, um. What? Killer twins. This two boys. And. Todd and Terry. Ah, uh, hardy har har. <laughs> it's for people How did she not feel so ridiculous saying that line? Probably because she knows that it's a joke. <laughs> I would have been like, I'm not saying that. <laughs> so, because it's so stupid. That's why you never got into acting. <laughs> you cannot have shy yes. as an actor. Yes, it's true. Because I, I don't think I would have been able to make myself. There would that, not be enough vulnerable. foundation to cover your blushing face every time you have to say something embarrassing. Yeah. Well, in all fairness, though, I did used to go for it when I was in drama. Yeah. But there were certain things, though. Oh, I got another drama story that I'll tell you. Well, there was... Um, I have two, actually. My first show, freshman year, was a Christmas show, and it was Panama. And it was all worked out. He made it up. It was stupid. And um, it was, you know, it was supposed to be... Uh, a little kid who was played by me because I was short for my age and I looked like I was about 12 years old when I was 14 so I came out and I do with my teddy bear and my slippers and I put you know the final little touches on my Christmas list and then I go to bed and all the toys come to life and they have fights with each other and one gets a pie in the face and it's really stupid and then I was supposed to come out again at the end and I was supposed to be all excited and jump up and down because I got all these toys and I was supposed to start playing with things because there were real toys I wasn't going to play with the kids in the class. But um, he never told me that. He did not tell me that I, I, I had no idea. And I remember we were, do- we were doing a rehearsal and it was close to the night of the show and I was just standing there, and I was like, um... What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? So, and I didn't know what to do, and I started to, like, walk away, and he flipped the fuck out of me. I know what you're gonna say. Fuck you! And he was like, I remember him saying, if you can't do it, then I'm just gonna get somebody else. And I was like, uh... But I guess he told other members of the class or something, because I asked somebody else who's one of the toys, and she told me. I was like, oh, I didn't even know I was supposed to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, another story that I... I'll pick you up in half an hour. In... I think it was my sophomore year. I did a monologue Excellent. from You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Yeah, yeah. And Charlie Brown is not exactly um, exuberant. 
he's not a very lively character. Um, so I didn't think that I was supposed to be playing it silly. Yeah. And he never, ever, ever said to me, "Be funny." He never gave never. me direction. Yeah. Never gave me direction. Nope. And so. I did it the way I thought Charlie Brown would do it, which was because he was like you know, kind of melancholy. He was kind of Eeyore. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the way I did it. Um, so a couple weeks later, I don't remember why, and I hope it wasn't for this reason, but the t- the TV was in the classroom. And he was started going through tapes of old shows that he had put on, and he had given the "You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown" monologue to another student a couple of years ago. Before, I had yeah, gone. yeah, and so I didn't know this kid. So I was watching it, and he was real, like, crazy and off the wall. He was, like, Robin Williams crazy. And the whole time it was on, he kept looking at me. (laughs) Uh, This is how you're supposed to do it. (laughs) Yeah, that was exactly what it was. He kept kept turning to look at me, like, you see, this was, are you watching? Are you looking? Because this is what you were supposed to do. You should have put up a type I of have, a dark if to I had told, if he told me. <laughs> he was not a woman who's passive and dead. Let's me take control. He directed with the silent shit. treatment. Moaning and groaning, I don't buy it. If a woman is turned yeah. on in bed, I know she's insincere. So he was too busy. Circumcised? What do you think about it, kid? He was too busy mourning all the dick he never got because he was so deep in the closet the it wasn't even funny. Couldn't even get some down low dick. Oh my god. He lived in Jersey. And you gotta get picked. I don't know why. I have no idea why. But there were two kids, two boys, from the class. He took to his house oh. after school one day. I don't know what the fuck was going on, but I just remember the next day. I was talking to them. I was like, "Would you? What happened yesterday?" And they were like, "Oh, you didn't know where we went." And I was like, "No." And they told me we went to Mr. So-and-so's house. And I was just like, what? Hmm. And I didn't say what for, because I really didn't want to know, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, he said nobody, they said nobody was there. His kids weren't there. His wife wasn't there. They did say that. Um, I remember them saying he had a nice house. Okay. That's about it. And that was really all I wanted. Yes. Sorry, Peter. I didn't I want to know what he Okay. Then we fell asleep. I don't remember anymore. I don't know. I mm. couldn't stop thinking about the party I went to a long time ago. Mm. Mm. Here we go with Daphne's yeah. pointless monologue about talking anyway, to this um, middle aged woman. Lady comes up to me and starts talking yeah. And 
This didn't come back at all. No. It, it was there for no reason. To, I, I, and I couldn't I can't even say it was there to pad the running time because we got a 97 minute yeah, movie here yeah. and those opening titles alone are like 10 minutes the time I thought it was a dumb conversation with that with the flashback then I realized what she was doing she'd forgotten her youth and for me she was trying to live it again so ever since then I mean growing up and everything I've tried to remember every little thing like tonight so, basically, what she's trying to say is that conversation turned her into an obsessive compulsive. Yes, into a hoarder. Well, that's why you keep a diary. <laughs> Thank you, you, Anne Frank. If you have things that you don't want to forget, you keep a diary. Um, there's so much in life that. I want to forget, and that's exactly why I don't keep a journal. I've been thinking I haven't been listening enough to you. So, would you, if you had a journal, would you not write the bad stuff? You'd just write the good stuff. That's why. Um. Well, <laughs> if that were the case, I wouldn't be writing anything. Stop it. Um. But, um... Like you'd open the... And have to blow the dust. <laughs> yeah. I did... I did keep one at different... Um... Um... Eras... In my life. Um... I remember keeping one when I was like 8th grade. Um... One... I got a really nice one. Like, um... 10 years ago... Uh, it was handmade. It was leather bound. Um, and I, I wrote in it every day for a few weeks, but I had nothing to say. Yeah, yeah. Because nothing was really happening. And so I was like writing the same thing over and over again. And I was like, okay, this is a you bunch of You should have written it from the perspective of a witch from the Salem Witch Trials. Oh God! I'm going to forgive you for referencing that horrible, horrible movie. <laughs> that was a shit movie. I hated it. Which was originally called Killing, Killing Mrs. Single. I thought I, I didn't mind. The only good thing was Helen Mirren. She was fun. And it, that was because Damn. Kevin Williamson had a weird thing with Lois Duncan. Big which is why he adapted I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh, okay. Um, and there was another book of hers that one of his movies is very similar to, yeah, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. But um, Teaching Mrs. Tingle was clearly a ripoff of Lois Duncan's book, uh, Killing Mr. Griffin. Griffin yes. Um, can I just ask, did we have this happen in a movie that we've seen already uh, where... Someone was hypnotized and they got called a different name. My doll. Um. Broken. Um. Uh, Sorority House Massacre. I did it. Yes. Yes, that's right. Yeah, they, um. They were trying to bring her out of the trance by calling her Beth. Beth, yes, her, yes. Her name is her name is Laura. 
God, that hat is inappropriate. Pardon me. Isn't it? Do you know where Peter Adams is? I believe he's a teacher. Well, who is she, Elmer Fudd? You know she brought her own costumes. Mm. Charlie went to see his... No, it's a text right off. This all... This is not... This is not good. No. There's... There's... I like her and everything as an actress, but there's a lot... (laughs) A lot to be desired in this performance. (laughs) <laughs> mommy, mommy. Go of me, that's my daughter. Kelly Kelly Randall, for Christ's sake. Kelly Randall. Kelly Randall. This was another movie that got overshadowed by A Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. They came out. Well, this came out before, but like I said, of. Mike, it, you know, it only played 84, but it came out early in April, uh, uh, like April, so it came out early, and Nightmare came out in, like, November, Yeah, but this was only playing, this did not have a nationwide release, it was was, only played at certain cities at certain times um, throughout that year, Um, and when... Nightmare on Elm Street was out. Um, yeah, this nobody went to see this. Because <laughs> um, I actually said that they did a ripoff of Nightmare on Elm Street <laughs> when they're in the gym. No, this was, so this, this was, was already before. in the can. Yeah. Yeah, this was already in the can. Um, and um, when Silent Night, Deadly Night, the first one came out, they came out. That came out at the same time. And for a while, it was beating that ain't running on the street. Mm, okay. And then it got pulled, and then Nightmare became you were right. the topper at the box office that year. Was Silent Night released around Christmas? They were both released November, yeah, yeah. like late November. As two different people, two personalities. Multiple personalities with a splash of schizophrenia. That would explain mommy's little tantrum. Multiple personality with a splash of schizophrenia. That's like yeah. Epstein Barr with a twist bar. of Lyme disease. Mm. You don't want that combination. Hey, you guys. No. Where's Beth? It's almost time to go. You know, she's afraid we could get in. I wonder. I don't think she's in. I wonder. Late, later in the movie. When Heidi is it. giving him Maybe all these printouts, and she's ha- she hands him one, she explains what it is, she snatches it, gives him another one, explains what it is, snatches it, gives him another one. I wonder if she worked that out because at one point it looks like he's pissed. Yeah, yeah. Because he snatches it out of her hand. It looks like he's about to say, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yes. Put away the comedy acting. Yeah, we don't. It's it, we don't need that right now. And from what I remember, she looks a little jarred. <laughs> I did think that the Night Watchman was a bit cute. Rusty Myers. Very Rusty Myers. Name. I was just about to say, isn't that a porno name? 
Oh no, I'm thinking of Russ Meyer. Oh, okay. Uh, Rusty Trombone? No. Yeah, Russ no, Russ Meyer made all those tr- rusty exploitation. Yeah, I know what a rusty trombone is, you filthy fucking pig. You are an ass stewardess. Quiet. Hmm? Huh? <laughs> I was quieting him. Um, <laughs> strangers with the candy. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't look very um, department store esque, but that would just be the the back end of the shops. Yeah, where they keep the rusty trombone. Yes, in the back end. You, you, you see what I did there? Mm-hmm. You see that? When. Um, I don't remember this, but supposedly when, um, I think it's Allison, when Allison gets killed at, at, at the desk, she gets stabbed, um, when she's, when she's her, she's trying to get the, um, microphone, the microphone and she's trying to call for help. And her screams echo. Um, I don't remember if it was actually if it was in the movie or if it was the still because it, the still of her screaming was on the back of the VHS. Yeah. And I think it was. Well, people always said that it looked like she was laughing, and I never got that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but another thing about that scene is supposedly, and again, I don't remember this. But in the original version that was released, the only thing that was cut out was after she gets stabbed, her being dragged. Yeah. And that's in this version. She gets dragged, yeah. But I don't remember. I don't. I really don't remember that being cut. Or I don't. I don't really remember that scene much at all. It was a bit too teen or not right on straight. No, no. <laughs> and she takes her top off to steal the cheapest, like, yeah. sweatshop blue tank top. Like, what the fuck did you want that for? Well, I, it was, you know, an excuse to show some titty. Yes. And yeah, but I was thinking like, and then she leaves the her original top, which probably costs more than the one. She yeah, because that was that was so cheap. It was just a plain blue shirt that that like you would get in a pack of four. Yeah, yeah, with different colors. When she was roller skating, that would have been more fun had she not been roller skating on the carpet. Who's there? <laughs> I was never good at roller skating or blading. Oh, I was. I was no vanilla ice. I was good at that. Well, if you can roller skate, you can roller blade. Yeah, yeah. Really, because it's, it's not that different. Well, I can't do either. Because so. <laughs> I remember... Um, because I had roller skates 
and then I remember getting rollerblades for Christmas when I was like nine or ten and just putting them on and I was fine. Yeah. Did you ever um tow yourself on a bet on a car? No. All right, ladies, in the car. They have no. like the the leader of the house seems so old to no. me. I know, she looks at about 40. Yeah. No, I wasn't stopped by um, a very handsome journalist who was on his way to rent my parents' guest house. (laughs) And then I became infatuated with him. Then he got a half of bees to attack his girlfriend. Yeah. That bitch. And then I asked him if he had ever ever fucked a virgin. (laughs) And I said that I knew he wanted to. Yeah. And he was so offended. And you slapped him at a piano or something. (laughs) I did. No. No, I I slapped him at the um, at the meeting. Yes. He was too busy kissing ass to care about me. Yes. You know, I, I, I like Bastard. the bags around my boots. No, no, it just adds a, a certain touch of clash, you know, kind of a je ne sais quoi. Cheers. <sighs> Duck. I don't like when people say je ne sais quoi. Do you know what that means? That little extra, t- uh, like that. No, but do you know what it literally translates to? What does that translate to? I don't know what. Oh, okay, yes, I do I remember that now. The street. I didn't want to know Got that little, I don't know what. Unlocked? Good. You have one hour to get the uniform. Then come back here, I'll be waiting. Key? Though, um, whose keys is she giving? Her dad's. Um, yeah. Yeah. The keys to the, to the Fairchild building. Oh, and then because the security guard has the keys. That don't find until later. So, and they were the the boys really don't even do anything. Yeah, they were just bodies, <laughs> really. But they don't really do anything because they were supposed. They were sent there to scare them. Yes, so, yeah, no, yeah, and all they did was like roll a bowling ball. Yeah. <laughs> They were not very creative. No. But they thought they were. Scared the shit out of them. Allison, in about three minutes, you're going to set up a diversion on this floor. A performance. Like what? A performance. I'm sure you'll think of something. (laughs) Meanwhile, Marsha, stay here and head him off, just in case you miss him. Uh, His name is Todd. I'm surprised to say that Allison was Taylor from Baltimore. What are you going to do? I'm going up to the guards' lounge. Allison, wherever he is, is it is your job to um, attract his attention? I'll go get the uniform. What happens if you get the uniform her. if he's down here? Because um, I did, I did Maybe used to watch, not by choice, but was, my mother used to watch all of the CBS. Just in over twenty six hundred episodes. <laughs> oh my god! I don't remember. Well, I, that one really, like I said before. I've actually said this a bunch of times. Um, but I did watch soap operas with my mother, like, you know, 
I didn't really have anything to do. Yeah. But the only one that I really paid ten- attention to was Guiding Light because there was a good chance that Frank Rollo would take his shirt off. Okay. And he did uh, quite a bit. I only ever remember watching some days of our lives. No pledge leaves the store. And there was like, I remember there was like a, an exorcism. Yeah, I remember hearing about rumblings about that because I knew some people who were into it, and I was like, "What?" And then I always remember, like, the Young and the Restless theme song, and like, it sounded just so. Yeah, I'll change it. And that um, Mary J. Blige. Yeah. What the fuck was she thinking? Although that was that song wasn't originally for the show. But it's so... Linked to it, yes. Yeah, it's so linked to it. You can't hear it without thinking of it. (laughs) But nothing was worse than when um, Maroon 5 did that song... To the melody of that Sorry classical piece. What? He did. They, they wrote a song and it was sung to the melody of a classical piece. A very, very famous classical piece. Okay. I don't know the name, the words of the song because it's awful, but. I just know he keeps saying, here's to the one, to the Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that was awful. Mm. Oh, that, so I've been mu- getting into weird mashups, and I found a really good mashup of Mozart with My Humps by the Black Eyed Bees, and it works very oh, well. Oh, God. <laughs> Obviously, I'm listening for stupidity, not for, like, there's <laughs> a banger type of thing. Uh-huh. I don't think you should tell people that. I'll send you a link. Actually, there's a song no, I, keep, I don't want you to. There's a song I keep wanting to send you uh, by an Australian band, and the song is called George Costanza. <laughs> I prefer "Hold Me Closer," Tony Danza. No, but it's actually called. Sure, it's not called Can't Stand Ya. <laughs> I think he turned Jewish for the jokes. That's a totally different episode. I know that. Years later. Now, what the fuck was Allison going to do with Todd? I bet you she was going to blow him. Yeah. Well, she did hear that he's hung like a mule. Kelly? Yeah. Although his moustache is a bit John Watersy. No, that's not. Hey, Marsha. 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 And her sister Lucia. <laughs> and Trisha. How the fuck do you remember that? But you don't remember anything else about the opposite of sex. Because hey. I'm not interested in the opposite of sex. You know, um, what's weird is when they did the Friends um, reunion, 
um, and they were all walking around the set and, and talking to each other. Um, Jennifer Aniston and Courtney Cox kept referring to Lisa Kudrow as Lucia. Okay. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I was really surprised by that. Yeah. Was there any reference to Michelle? No. Because that's like one of her more, uh, after Phoebe, one of her more uh, loved roles. Yeah, and the opposite of sex is was in Indy. Yeah. Yeah, and then they just cackle like that. <laughs> Didn't scare the shit out of them at all. No, no. And that's about the extent yeah. of the, the pranks that they do. And they go Danny from The Shining on them. Yeah. That's a fire hazard. No key, no mm-hmm. way out. What now, great leader? Well, the only thing we can do is go back and look for him. Come on, split the foot up. Well, yeah, I mean, they ha- the guys have to have a, a way out, so. And I don't know where this impromptu dinner came from. Well, it's first like, with all the of a police officer checking the car. What? What dinner? The dinner scene when Marsha tells the story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That seemed out of place. But where the fuck did that... I mean, like, why? Well, I don't get it. Why? And then why was she wearing fancy gloves? Like, everybody was dressed up and shit. Yeah. It was unusual. It was like little kids playing dress up. Yeah. Like having a tea party or something. Um... Alright. Um, what I was going to say, yeah, the the dialogue, like, I'm surprised that the original director got fired for wanting to be ambitious because the dialogue to me seems ambitious. Like, they're trying to make a, a more important movie than what actually came across. <laughs> like well, having those type of storylines happen. Well, um, Charles Pratt really worked it out with the producer Um, because the producer because they knew each other Mm -hmm. um, they said well he called them and he said "Um, do you want to write a horror movie and they met for lunch and just spitballed ideas and then Charles wrote the script um but he went to film school and he wrote a lot of scripts for Megan. his classmates for when they made their shorts. Megan. Oh, yep, yep. Time to get down to the so he got $500 yeah. for a screenplay and then he got caught. Oh. He's lucky he didn't get thrown out. Oh, okay. I thought it was doing it legitimately. Like, so no, they, they were they were like paying him to do their yeah. his. They were paying him to do their assignment. Yeah. Um, he said, but yeah. Then he got really caught and he had to stop Megan. doing it. And then he went to AFI and he started doing it again. Yeah. 
and they were longer. So he got paid more. He said he didn't say what he got paid for writing this. He said I'd be too embarrassed because it was pretty much nothing. <laughs> I think that trash was there for him to land in. Andy, I was only kidding, honey. Honey. I know. What the fuck was that Southern Belle? Well, it's just. It's all I don't think it's supposed to be, though. No, because there's a Texas University or something somewhere with a. So they're going to two, two, two. Maybe the two, night two, watchman two. has the key, you know? We could two, forget two, the two. night watchman. He either cut out early or was never here in the first place. It's no Chinese custom. He who divides conquerors. Well, where shall I go? Find a good place to hide and wait. They'll show their ugly faces eventually. <laughs> Count to 20, take off. Now they're playing hide and seek. What the fuck is going yeah. on? Yeah. <laughs> it does just carry on, like... Because, yeah, I th thinking about it, I think that, like, every element is fine, but it should have been hurried up. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, this is not necessary. Like, they established why they're in the, super, in the you know, department store, and then they start getting killed off. They didn't need that dinner sequence, you know. They have a few sex scenes and nudity and... Bada bing, bada boom. Well, I mean, yeah, it's a slasher movie. They needed, they definitely needed more sex and nudity. I mean, all you get, well, you get that group shower with all the bush, mm. but of course, you don't get any full frontal male. God no. forbid. You don't even get any male ass. Oh, uh, you get a bit of side male at the beginning. But like. wasn't that the creepy groundskeeper guy? Nobody wants that. <laughs> yes. wearing gloves like an, and the dumbest of gloves they're the gloves I used to pick up the kids poo oh She uses the microphone quite late. She could have done it a bit earlier. I know. It's like, why didn't you think of this a half hour ago? It was almost entirely just to have the girl scream into it the next scene. <laughs> oh God, Although I did find Daphne a bit of a busybody sometimes where she was like, show me <laughs> after someone says someone's been killed. <laughs> I know, it's like, you, you can't take... What, yeah, you can't believe me, like, do I look... <laughs> Again, that was another, more unnecessary padding. Yes. <laughs> Alright, they need to stop it. They're like those cameramen from Video Violence. Megan and Andy. We split up about an hour ago. 
Actually, I'm glad you caught us. An I hour ago, God. You're getting spooked. Mm. Terrific, Ralph. Ralph is kind of cute. I do like her car. It's the sporty Volkswagen. Yeah, I I like those. I like Volkswagens. And I do. I miss the Golf with the convertible that Daphne drives. Yeah, that I really like that one. <laughs> that was a, that's the oh, car sure that a um, that's the car that Heather Graham drives in at the end of uh, License to Drive. Oh, okay. I remember Volkswagens were big in horror movies, like the combis. Well, they were big in like, or with the, um, the Beetle. And Rose McGowan drives her own scream, I reckon. Yeah. And then Nev Campbell and Wild Things. Oh, yes, that's right. Um, try it again. And, um, uh, what do you call it? I think, uh, I don't know if it's, um... I think it's Amy Steele drives one on Friday the 13th part 2 yeah yes like I recognize the child that sort of developed a bit of a fear of the Volkswagen because I noticed them I plugged the name Randall in the Times computer six inmates escaped late last night from the rural fireside sanitarium also reported missing was a nurse See, today, she would have just Googled that shit. Mm, I found this on Wikipedia. what happened to the real father? Spirited away in a private sanitarium. See? See that? Nurse found murdered. It's like, give me that. Being sought in connection with the killing was Jason Randall, inmate groundskeeper. And he didn't even finish it. So she... <laughs> she, she had to finish the line because, because the audience wouldn't know. Mm. He was like, I'm, t- I'm done with this shit. And she's like, no, you got to say the rest. <laughs> it's important. It's an important plot point. Finishing each other. Mr. Reed. Yeah, I'd like the number for Dwight Fairchild, please. Um, he's decapitated at the moment. <laughs> Thank you very much. Can they pass a message? I wish you'd tell me where I'm trying to find Kelly. What would she be doing there? Hello. Hello, is anybody there? Hello? Hello? Why even answer it? <laughs> Never the mind. To take it off the hook, basically. I mean, like, she's... Well, her husband was just killed, and she's drunk. Yeah. So... Yeah, I I, I, I understand her motivation for for that, for those scenes. I want to be alone. Shut up. Like the outside of the she, 
not like a department store to me. She was cheating on him in the beginning, and then he was cheating on her. Yeah, so who got stabbed at the beginning? Or was that just a fake memory? I want to pose a toast. Um, the girl stabbed someone. She stabbed the uh, father, the, uh, their real father, who's, and then he got burned. Oh, and who was she sleeping with? The gardener at the sanitarium. So they both got burned. There was, what are you saying about? So there was the gardener who worked at the sanitarium is the father, is their father. Yes. And um, he was sleeping with um, Vera Miles and crazy bitch came in and saw them and she stabbed them and then set the fire. No, but there was a guy. There was the, the topless, the naked one and then a guy in a suit. That was probably Clue Gulliger. Because I th- he knew but the guy what happened. Got burnt. Fucking, you're confusing oh me now. <laughs> All I know is that the gardener with the burned face is really their father. Yes, no, I know that much. <laughs> and she set the an evil Daphne set the fire. Yeah. At the beginning, that burned it. Okay. So, all right. <laughs> Any other questions? I I'm going to rewatch I'm that. Sorry. Again I just bit. don't know. I don't know. I have the strength. Now, this insanely dramatic moment <laughs> is. And then they have sex afterward. I know. It's like, uh, it's like, oh, you were just molested. Let me go fuck, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Folks, but I have just got to take this is awful. I'll help you find it. I hope you're referring to the bathroom. <laughs> what do you think of him in this movie? Uh, <laughs> he gets a solid thumb up. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, he looked better when he bulked up for a leather jacket love story. Yeah. And the goatee really worked for him. So is that Christopher Bradley? Sorry. The one who went off with, um, what's her name? Allison. Cheer me up. Yeah. What's his name? Chad. Chad. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so Christopher Bradley. Yeah, and that's Ralph right there. Yeah. I didn't get Ralph's name. Paul something, I think. Wait here. I'll be right back. <laughs> Leaving me at the altar? Start without me. My eyeballs are floating. <laughs> That's some cute conversations, but... <laughs> this was a, a dumb line here. And on the third day, God said... I know. Uh, I forgot. Mm. Let there be rain. Stupid. I wish... And Allison's, Damn like, fucking Allison, redressing the mannequins. You need a flower. 
Yes. Something that I've noticed the director does uh, with this movie is that when someone's getting killed, he shows someone else at the same time. Megan so and Andy, not them. We know you're out there, and we'd love to mm. see you here. Like when the father was killed, they showed the mother oh, drinking. You've got the only key. Look, we already have Chad and Ralph, guys, so the game's over. Meet us at the service entrance now. Over and out. Oz has spoken. I like that line. Hmm. Because Hunter Tyler, her name in this is Deborah Moorhart. Oh, that's I such a soap opera name. And she changed it and it became such a... <laughs> went on to employment. And so... Well, so did um, Morgan Fairchild. Oh. She started out... Morgan Fairchild's not her real name. Yeah. When she started out, she had a totally different name. I don't, I don't even remember what the fuck it was. But she did like a few TV shows or something, and then she got a nose job, and then reinvented herself as Morgan Fairchild. What are you talking about? What she was on a soap opera that my mother used to watch. I remember because every single fucking time she would show up on TV or something. My mother was like, ugh. I remember when she used to be on so and so. Her, she had such a pig nose. Oh God! <laughs> remember how Jennifer Grey's career went nowhere after she got the nose job? Yeah, that was weird because she looks she looks so much prettier. But, but I think people she liked her because of the nose. Yeah, they did, and they, you know, I don't know. But it did. It changed her. It changed her whole face, and she was unrecognizable. Mm. She was on that Larry David show for a little bit, as herself. I love her in Ferris Bueller. I think she's so funny. Yeah. She was in the, um... Oh, God, this is taking forever. <laughs> I know. She was in the Tales from the Crypt movie that didn't... Bordello really got really, no. no. There was another one. Um, there was... There was always plans for three. I think Demon Knight did okay. Bordello of Blood did not. Yeah. Understandably. And the third one is called Ritual. Yep. Um, and it was um, about like voodoo. Yeah, and I'm I'm like ninety nine percent positive that it went straight to video without the tales from the crypt introduction and yeah. the crypt keeper and stuff, and then it got re released and they put it back in. Yeah, wasn't very good though. Okay. I think I remember, um, I don't know if I saw it or at least remember seeing it uh, on the show. I mean, uh, I didn't hate it, but it was nothing I really cared to see. Uh, it's not quite like I saw... Demon Knight and then I hated Bordello of Blood. That was... Yeah. Well, Bordello of Blood had fucking Dennis Miller, I mean... And Corey the, Feldman. The Corys, yeah. 
Um, and Angie Everhart. Jesus that's Christ. right. Yeah, I remember. Like, yeah, there was some expectation of her taking off, but not really. Um, but yeah, I saw that in th- uh, theaters in a sneak preview. You know what happened? What happened? <clears throat> what happened <laughs> was I don't know if I told the story. Probably. Did. I'll forgive you if you have. <laughs> Okay, but what happened was I got uh, two passes to go see a sneak preview of The Frighteners. Oh, okay. But when we got there, it was too full. So they were turning people away. But they said um, everybody who got gets turned away, um, write your name on this pad, your name and address, and we'll send you some something. And I'm like, uh, I'm thinking they're not going to send me anything. Yeah. And then I got passes for Bordello of Blood in the mail, and I was excited, of course, because I was a huge Tales from the Crypt fan. And then when I saw the movie, that excitement oh, went. That went away. I realized that it would have been much better had we gotten there early and gotten some seats to see the Frighteners. Did you ever watch the Frighteners? Yeah. You did? Okay, yeah. Um, Hello? Hi, it's Peter Adams. Oh, God, I was going to say something. Hi, Peter, it's Beth. Oh, good. No, they're all gone. They're on a pledge prank. Peter, I... Damn it, Beth, it's urgent. They're in the Fairchild building. What the fuck does she care? She's she quit. Yes, that's right. Do you right. have keys to the building, Mrs. Fairchild? I need the keys. She's talking to her, talking to her like she's <laughs> a mental defect. Yeah. Well, she's acting like one because she's like keys. Yes. Hmm. Remind me, what are keys? Okay, no, I want you to she's I gone want you from to call like. The have them meet drunk wife to uh, have them meet me there. Kelly could be in uh, danger. Immigrant had a time. Right. Call the police. Oh. You understand? Well, that was very specific. Shine knows how to work the old phone. The rotary. Yeah. Um. I downloaded a um a playlist. Of um, of um, fucking um, eighties um, freestyle uh, like club music, mm-hmm. and the first track uh, is a song called "Party Line," and it's all about you know I just broke up with somebody, someone I find somebody new on the party line, and at the, the song opens with somebody dialing the party line, but they're dialing on a rotary phone. <laughs> It's like, how old is this song? I thought it was from the 80s. <laughs> the Roger Reese phone was still around in the 80s. Yeah, well, that was because people were too poor or cheap to get a touchdown. That's my life story. We had a rotary phone in our basement for years. Does does the uh, telephone company not give you a phone? No. They used to. Yeah. They used to give you, you know, 
like those phones that would last forever. Yeah, yeah. It's customary at our age. Okay. Like the uh, Roseanne phone, but without the long cord. It's just a bump in the night. No. Rose, no. What is this? Another kill? No, hers. That was. The the ones that one had a plastic um had a plastic um fucking hook. Um the ones that they gave had a metal one. Oh, okay. Um or you got the un the unit one. Yeah, that was flat. They could put on a desk that you could kill somebody with. Yeah. In an elevator? No. <laughs> Wasn't that from Glenn Close in Flatal Attraction? <laughs> oh, God. I don't want to think about her. What's wrong with Glenn Close? <laughs> yeah, they fuck in the elevator with the, the cage door, mm. like in Single White Female. <laughs> So I also watched um oh, I won't say it then. <laughs> I can say it for next time. <laughs> I think it's a little too convenient that evil Daphne is wearing a black hoodie as well. Yeah, yeah. And like the only I, I think that was a conscious choice. But didn't, she's, she's well, been we, following her, so maybe she knew what to dress in. Shh, don't think about it. Uh, I just remember his face. I, I can still this part coming up is so fucking ridiculous. Um, oh, God. But the way Marsha gets dragged, first of all, it's comical. And second of all, it's impossible because the, the, that freight elevator is not that big. Yeah. She could not have been dragged off into the corner like that. And Kelly just leaves her. No, she got dragged just into the elevator because Kelly, you know, is seeing her from an angle. Kelly runs out and yeah. leaves her. Yes. Now watch her get dragged. Like, why she didn't hurry up? I know. I mean, you, you could tell happening. she was. I put. I always like this part right here, where she's banging against the elevator. Freaking out! I chose that as the still for the movie. Oh, okay. Her on her knees banging against the elevator.
Because I think that's probably her best acting in the movie. Yes. In the movie. And right before that, when she screams Marsha's name, it's like she's screaming it in slow motion. Because she yeah. literally goes, Marsha! It's like, okay, they would have done that in post-Daphne. And all they really did for evil Daphne was, you know, put some uh, makeup on her to make her look pale. Unbrushed her hair. Unbrushed her hair. Yeah. So they just zipped up the hoodie. And they were like, all right, Daphne. You're good to go. You're good to go. Now get the fuck out there. Christopher was making fun of the scene. Christopher, um, what the fuck's his name? Christopher Bradley was making fun of it in the, um, in the, in the interview. Yeah. Because of the fight. Because he thought it was kind of ridiculous how Kelly was running away and then stopped Kelly? to turn around and say, Leave me alone. Little Kelly. Oh. <laughs> and this freak. Freak. <laughs> Is that like a bitchy cheerleader? And this freak. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Isn't that a little, you know, presumptuous? Yeah. I mean, like, presumptuous to the point of a fatality. Like, you where you just knocks. You didn't even know. Yeah. You didn't know. You didn't know he killed anybody. But as the audience, Fucking we know he's not off the killer because, you know, he gets killed straight away. It's kind of, it's kind of, oh my God, it's kind of like where we'll catch him. Yes, yeah. Because he was trying to save them the whole time. Yeah. What the fuck did he get? And he got knocked off the roof too. Her smile is just like, ooh, I'm finally going to get some dick. Yes. <laughs> yes, Peter, That's touch me. That's her best me. acting, that smile. <laughs> no, you need to drag it. Well, he had to live. <laughs> She's got a... <laughs> Speaking of Cabbage Patch doll faces. You got to see both of their faces there. They're similar, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's quick. But yeah, you do. You know, Linda Hamilton but when, the twin. But when... But when... Um, evil Daphne... As her back to the camera, you could tell it's clearly not her. Um, didn't um, Happy Birthday to Me have a, a twin? No, it was, um, she was wearing a mask. Oh, like the that's lead right, girl. yes. So was she the sister? I hardly, I remember. I don't remember. Yeah. I just remember the mask uh, getting ripped off at the end. With the, with the um, 
party with all the corpses. Yeah. Which they, which was, you know, done in like every fucking horror yes. movie in the 80s. It's like, let's line up all the corpses around the table. And then they did that shit in X, and I was like, oh, are you fucking <laughs> yes. kidding me? Oh, from that movie, I always remember her getting hit in the head with a boat. <laughs> mm. I feel like that's how she looks on the makeup chair, like when she gets in in the morning. Before she gets her makeup yeah. put on. You're terrible, Miriam. I always remember Emma, Emma Thompson saying how, like, she felt bad. When she was playing Nanny McPhee, like, they spent less time doing her makeup than she usually gets on, like, when she has to be beautiful. Okay. Yeah, this is, like, totally... Orville Ketchum, because fucking... Not only was he trying to save them, but it was really a female killer, mm. too. I think there's a Texas state flag on the ambulance. Ambulance. It's time to go, Mrs. Fairchild. Hmm. That was so 80 yard. And then you have this glamour shot of Daphne with the wind, her windswept hair mm. before the credits. And what is with the music with those, these horns? I could really do without this theme. <laughs> Isn't this a version of something like, else? Uh, no. It's a version of the theme from the movie, I think. No, I reckon But this, this sounds like something like you would hear at a prom in an 80s yeah. movie. No, I think it's actually um, another song, but slightly been changed. I think you're making that up. Okay, anyone, please write in. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm begging you. We don't even get reviews. Um, okay. Uh, Christopher Bradley too. Yeah, Christopher Bradley too said that um, he, when he finished this, he moved to New York. Do you have a question, Christopher? In Leather Jacket Love Story, yeah. Um, but. Yeah, um, he moved to New York and he didn't find out when the movie was released and it played on 42nd Street like when 42nd Street was all grimy and nasty and homeless people would sleep in the theaters yeah um, but yeah it played on 42nd Street and he found out like the week after the fact and he didn't, he was poor, so he didn't have any, he didn't have cable, and a friend of his was like, playing that movie you were in on HBO, and he was like, oh, could you tape it for me, because I haven't seen it, and that was how he first saw it, oh, okay. by a friend taping it for him. <laughs> 
yeah. off of HBO. With ads. <laughs> no ads. No ads. I can't think of anything more horrifying than going to a theater and seeing a movie I was in. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I don't think I would want to watch a movie, if, if ever I was in a movie. Um. Especially, well, I mean, like, especially in a theater when you're, like, 70 feet tall. Yeah. Uh, at home on a small like like maybe a laptop or something that's different you can run away from that <laughs> you know what I'm saying about yes well like uh, I've, I've said before how I'm in a choir I don't even want to like record myself singing to study myself like to improve myself I just would rather <laughs> get taught off by the teacher well you can um I told you the um honest vocal coach oh my God, I'm not gonna do that no no she has um she's like um you know vocal training on um there's like uh recordings on, oh yep 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 I might see if she's on it? Spotify and see if yeah, that's Spotify. Yeah. That's what she said. She has... And there's a ton of, you know, vocal training exercises on YouTube that you could do. Yeah. Um, uh, I know that I wouldn't... I wouldn't even bother, because for me it would be a lost cause. It's like, what the fuck... I, I don't I remember I don't I don't remember exactly what came of it but Benjamin Bratt I remember a few years ago I remember he was doing an interview on satellite radio and he was talking about uh he was doing a voice I think it was for an animated movie that yeah. was a musical and they said they asked him are you going to sing and he was like I don't know um, he said, I'm taking lessons now to see if I can Be good carry enough. a tune, Probably, but yeah, if yeah. I'm not, he said, if I, if I don't like it, I'm just going to have somebody else do it. But he said he was, I don't know. So I don't know whatever came of it. Yeah. If he did, if he did it or not. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But wasn't Bradley Cooper like never trained or anything before he did Whatever that movie was called. A Star is Born. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, um, maybe not professionally trained. You know, it could be that, that he, you know, that he could, you know, do karaoke, but never really had proper training to do it. I think that... Like, singing, I don't think he went in with inability, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think with singing, it's either you have it or you don't. You have to have some little something that can be nurtured. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't have that, if you don't, then you're you're out of luck. Then you get that song, "Not Such an Innocent Girl." I don't know what that is. That's uh, Victoria Beckham's. 
No, you get that song. Um, they play in my jam. They play in my jam. They play in my jam. <laughs> Gonna have fun, 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 fun. <laughs> I think we're singing different songs. I'm singing Friday. <laughs> I was singing the Kim Kardashian song. Oh my god. <laughs> I think I'd rather yeah, that's Rebecca Black <laughs> Yeah, I do too. Because that was so stupid. It was fun. <laughs> it was weird lyrics. <laughs> gonna go to the bus stop. Gonna go waiting. There's my friend. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> Did you know that yesterday was Thursday? Today it is Friday. Yes. We, we, we so excited. Mm-hmm. We gonna have a ball today, or two. Mm-hmm. 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 Now, do you have do you have any final thoughts on the movie? Um, I still think they should have ADR'd Evil Daphne. <laughs> yes. Or, and you know, maybe good Daphne too. Giving her a scar. A scar. A scar. No scar. She could have sung some no. scar. No scar. And you? Um, my final thought is that I need to set up a mousetrap because I've seen a mouse running around. <laughs> oh. Oh, no. Oh, you just you reminded me of something that I was going to tell you. Um, it was funny because I was I've been watching too many frauditor videos. Oh my god! Um, and I'm not happy with myself. But there was one video that was so funny because it was in Canada, and there was this guy. They they love to fraud at police stations. Yeah, and this officer kicked him out but she kicked him out the way you would like you know if you had like a like a pest that you didn't want to hurt yeah that you would like scoot it toward the door yeah yeah and she kept going shoot she kept going she kept going out you go out you go (laughs) out you go out 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 you go and he left yeah (laughs) i was like oh those canadians they're adorable (laughs) out you go like the British police, they don't carry guns because, you know, uh, they think that you treat a criminal at a low. You know, the criminal will retaliate at a higher level, and if you, you know, don't have that weapon, then they'll just come lesser prepared. And so, if you treat criminals nicer, then you can probably uh, um, be as effective without having going harsh. Okay, that way of thinking would so not fly in America. (laughs) Okay, fine. (laughs) No. Mm -mm. And that's all I'm going to say. But I do, I do, I'm not, you know, I don't want anybody thinking I'm anti-police. I'm not, no, you know, defund the police. I'm not anti-cop or anything (laughs) like that. Stop putting these words out there. Blue Lives Matter. <laughs> Blue Lives Matter. I'm all for that. And you know how much um, 
I you've got like a cop kink as well. So I have a fetish. Do. I do. I do. Yes, and I'm waiting to meet your German friend. <laughs> All right. Okay, so that was the initiation and. 80s slasher essential I would say and I hope you all enjoy, enjoyed it I want to say thank you to Tony for joining me thank you for having me it was, it was fun 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 <laughs> and <laughs> I want to thank everybody for listening and until next time this is Brandon Ford wishing you all unpleasant dreams <laughs> <laughs>